And welcome to the first of a series of Siren, a Women in Sport Collective podcast interviews. Uh, I'm Gemma Bastiani, one of the co-founders of Siren who can't speak anymore. And I'm joined today by someone who I have bothered endlessly on social media for years. And I'm now happy to be doing a Google Hangout and chatting to you. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Gemma. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm great now that we get to chat kind of almost face-to-face. I've been bothering you for a very long time um, for reasons that will soon become apparent. Uh, So would you like to introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do just because I think you'll say it better than I will. Yeah, sure. Um, My name is Michelle Cooley and I am the current um, social media manager at the Sydney Swans. So that would be why Gemma has been annoying me. Um, She has a particular fetish for Jordan Dawson and his immaculate left foot. <laughs> left oh, foot kicking skills. Like <laughs> no, not, I mean... not at all. We have a lot we have a lot of fans and we get to know um, the content that they like, which is fantastic. It's great because um you're not the only person that's called me out on that because someone from Sydney um, actually mailed me. I don't know if you can see it. I might move my thing over mm. a little bit. I don't know if you can see this. Oh, yeah. Someone's <laughs> mailed me a, a cutout of a Jordan Dawson article <laughs> in a Sydney newspaper. Um, yeah, he, it's yeah. embarrassing. I've no, gone a bit red now. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make no, you go okay. red. No, it's a good little, good little edit that we did last year of his um, kicking ability on his on his left foot. So there's a lot of footy fans, um, and hopefully now a few people listening that might just go Google Jordan Dawson <laughs> left foot, <laughs> and you'll see uh, what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you go to my Twitter, I'm sure there's yeah. a lot on there that you can see. That too. Um, but we mostly wanted to talk about your role, um, not just at the Swans, but also at other sporting clubs in the past and also your journey through sports. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you you play hockey or you did play hockey for a long time? Yeah, so hockey was my chosen sport. Um, I started playing that when I was in grade five, I think. So I would have been wow. about 10 or 11 um, and still play today. I I played, I got into it because a friend played, none of my family or anything played and I thought oh, this would be a cool sport and then discovered that I was actually quite good at it <laughs> um, yeah. and my, my school coach said, oh, you should play club hockey. So I went and played club hockey. Um, my best friend at the time as well, she played club hockey. Uh, so I went and played, played that and from there it sort of went on to um, representative stuff and then ended up playing um, for my state. So I'm from Tasmania, so I played for Tassie. Uh, from under eight, under sorry, under sixteens, eighteens, twenty ones, and then national league as well. Um, so that wow. took up a good part of my my life for a long period of time. I'm now a um, over thirty hockey player, so um, don't have any aspirations to go back to national league or anything. Um, I used to work in cricket, which I'm sure we'll touch on. So it was a lot easier to play a winter sport and work a summer sport. Whereas at the moment, I'm juggling a winter sport and a winter sport so yeah I have to sort of put my work first for that but that said I've been very lucky in being able to still play up here in Sydney and um, be able to do my job at the same time. That's amazing and obviously when you were playing uh, National League hockey women's sport hadn't seen the big boom that we've got now but hockey's always been fairly consistent in terms of the attention it gets across both the men's and the women's games, right? Yeah, so that's something I guess that hockey it doesn't. We have we as a sport, I guess, have to work really hard in terms of promotion. As someone that works in the media, 
I sometimes get really frustrated the way, I guess, the media, I think they're better now, but um, I remember when the um, Kookaburras, which is a men's team, won the World Cup, um, I don't know, a few years ago, and they had the Hockey Roos claim World Cup on the back of the the paper and I was like that's not even their team name like and I remember Hockey Australia came out with a campaign and tried to educate people with these you know guide guide to dummies type thing um you know this is the this is the hockey ruse they're the women's team this is the cool bros this is the men's team so yeah. as, as a sport it's a bit different in terms of the women's sport trying to get cut through but the men have to work just as hard to get the cut through in the mainstream media that said, um, I think the rise of social media has obviously been instrumental in being able to get hockey out there a bit more. Um, yeah. and, the, and the athletes are really good at that as well. Uh, I actually caught up with a couple of the Hockey Roos girls when they were up here for the, the Pro League. I played um, with Renee Taylor when she actually came and played for Tassie one year and she's in the Hockey Roos set up now and she was just getting some tips and stuff from me in terms of social because um, they they want to do what they can to get their sport out there, especially, I mean, this was pre-coronavirus, but, you know, going into yep. an Olympics, um, they felt it was really key. Their number one thing was obviously preparation to be playing hockey, but they also wanted to document it as well. And they're over in Perth, which not a lot of people, I think, realise they're the Australian Institute of Sports over there. So... Um, yeah. so, you know, they're all, all the way over West, so they have to work that a little extra bit hard. They get a great, a lot of coverage over there as well, but, um, it's generally just in tournaments. So she was getting some tips from me in terms of what they can do online to, um, stay relevant, I guess, and give fans an insight into their preparation for Tokyo. Um, that's going to look very different now, given yeah. the current situation we're in, but, but yeah, it's something that I think hockey is a sport more so than just women's sport has to work particularly hard. But the athletes know that, so they do go that little bit further, I think, in, in trying to help out. Yeah, and I imagine it's harder when it's not like a national... I'm sure there's a national league, but it's not like a known national league that everyone follows on a weekly basis. It's like representative games or specific tournaments. It's much harder to kind of stay connected with those players than it would be for a footy team or a cricket team during a big bash league or something like that. Yeah, 100%. So uh, in the last year, Hockey Australia revamped. So what was the AHL, which I played in? So the Australian Hockey League, it was that for, that was what it was known ever since I started playing it since I was 18. Um, and they revamped it um, last year to the Hockey One tournament. So they um, changed team colours, team names a bit. If you, I've, I've worked in Big Bash, so you can sort of say Big Bashify it. Um, so t- take away the, for instance, New South Wales, they didn't wear blue. Um, they wore gold and red. So taking away that state element and bringing it back into like new colours, these are these great athletes that are playing. They just try, uh, tried to market it a bit better. The games were live on KO Sports, and someone, okay. um, which was fantastic um, to be able to, as someone that, you know, played against, played in that comp for a long time and you'd struggle to get just the final of the, the, the national comp, you know, on a live stream. So to have it on KO was a great start. Um, and then hopefully going forward, you know, broadcasters can get on board in terms of Fox having it on their channels and that as well yeah. but so they can they've definitely did a good job with it they'll take lots of learnings from it no doubt and continue to go with it but your point about profiling the athletes is 100 percent spot on so then you know hopefully through the the better marketing and this 
exciting new comp people can sort to start to sorry learn the names of players and and get to know them especially because as you said it's generally you know world cups and olympics where these athletes come to to the front but um yeah they're doing their thing week in week out and you know it's not it's not like an an aflw or something like that but it is you know over a couple of months but it it is you know a, a good a good six week block or something where there's you know six games of hockey on every weekend so you know, if you're a hockey yeah. fan, you know about it, but it's just about appealing to the to the broader network as well, I think. And also just being aware that it exists. Like, yeah. I am a sports fan, yeah. but I didn't know all that about hockey. Like, yeah. I only found out recently with the siren stuff we're doing that there's a national women's ice hockey league in Australia. And like, Yeah, right. I didn't know that. No, I assume yeah, there like, probably would be, but I, I wouldn't know. And that's, I guess, to the point about these lower-level sports doing all they can to to get to the to the front um, of people's minds yeah. and just be aware that there's all these great comps going on. Yeah, exactly. It's fascinating to me as someone who is bad at sport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on in terms of your career though. You've mm. mentioned that you worked um, in cricket. So I did a stalk of you. I apologise. <laughs> um, you've worked for Cricket Australia, Durham County Cricket Club and the Hobart Hurricanes. Yep. In that order? Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So I actually did my uni prac at Cricket Tasmania to start with. Um, okay. So I guess going right back to the start, I always wanted to be a PE teacher. So I did a lot of hockey coaching in that, obviously growing up playing um, high-level sports. So I wanted to help kids and I really liked that coaching element and I still really do enjoy that. Um, but then I, I started doing that and I was um, commuting to Launceston where the human movement degree was every week. Um, I was based yep. in Hobart, um, so I was still trying to fit in all this hockey training and stuff as well, and I just wasn't really enjoying it, and I thought, oh, I don't know if I really actually want to do this. I really enjoy hockey coaching, and I like I like teaching kids and things like that, but I was having to do a lot of subjects, which I didn't really enjoy just to get to the third year just where I could specialise in it, so I'm sure yep. that I think the degree is completely different now, but I'm, I'm glad I changed my paths anyway, because of where <laughs> I am today. Um... But yeah, then I um, ended up going back because journalism and media was sort of my my backup option. Uh, I always sort of saw myself being able to do a job like that, but I guess I just didn't really want to be a journalist because I'm just not controversial enough. I just, I don't like upsetting people. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I just don't have it in me to be like a hardcore, <laughs> hardcore journalist. Um, yeah. But I really liked the PR marketing side of things, so... I went and did um, my degree at University of Tasmania down there. Did my so I ended up in my third year in journalism and media and did my prac at Cricket Tasmania um, with the media and public relations manager there, and was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. <laughs> this is really cool. Amazing. Um, so I I really loved it, and this, this was pre you know any kinds of really digital media like I. I think we just had started a Facebook page there. Um, wow. So, so yeah, that I did that. Then um, Cricket Australia actually went to the uni and said, oh, we've got an opening for somebody to um, come over to Melbourne to help out while the Ashes is on. Um, we just got a role in our comms department. Um, would you have anyone to be keen? And I was the only student that went and did cricket, me- <laughs> cricket media. Um, so yeah. they, they offered it to me and... I jumped at the chance. To start with, it was like, um, you know, I'd have to move away in that for a couple of months, but I was willing to do that. So obviously went over there, stayed with a friend, did that, thought, oh, this is, yep, this is great. This is what I want to do. 
and then was hoping I could pick up some work in Melbourne after that. Um, I didn't, so I went back home, continued to work in retail um, for a couple of months because I'd had a retail job at while I was at uni. So I think my point here is like, you know, not everything falls into place straight away. Um, yep. I, you know, was not living the high life. I was kind of like an intern basically, but having a really <laughs> good internship in Melbourne and then coming back going, oh, okay, um, I've got to look for a job in Hobart in media, which is kind of hard. Um, and then Cricket Tasmania came um, to me about two months after I got back from Melbourne and said, oh, um, we, need, we need someone to work in our media team because there's this thing called the Big Bash going to start next season and we need, we need help. Like We've got to set up websites and Facebook pages and you know all this sort of stuff. And yeah. so I was like, okay, cool. And they're like, we, we're, we don't have the position right now, but um, if you can help out in our sales and events team and do sales and events admin for a couple of months, then, you know, we're 90% sure there'll be an opening here in media. So I was like, okay, well, I'm still working in cricket. I'm doing events and sales stuff. So just did a bit of admin stuff there. And then this job came up. So um, they put me on as, yeah, I, was, I think it was like digital media officer was my first role, but yeah, it's just amazing. like creating, you know, looking back on it now, it's pretty crazy that I remember the day I set up the Hobart Hurricanes Facebook page and Instagram <laughs> accounts and like websites and being like, okay, I'm now the voice of these pages. Like this is, this is it. Um, we didn't know how the big bash would go um, the first yep. year as well. And obviously it's turned out pretty good now, you know, it's the highlight <laughs> of everyone's summer, which is great. Um, but yeah, so I was at cricket for seven years, um, so it's quite a long time. Um, and uh, what year was it? 2013, so seven years ago, which is crazy that that was seven years ago, I <laughs> went over to Durham in the United Kingdom yeah. um, over in England and worked for the county cricket club there. Um, that opportunity came up because I wanted to go play hockey in England and I was talking to oh, um, Michael DiVenuto, who at the time was one of our Tasmanian Tigers coaches. He has since been like the batting coach for Australia and he's the head coach over at Surrey in England now. So um, was, we were out for dinner one night when we were away on a cricket trip. I think it was like the Shield final or something. Um, and I said, oh, I really want to go play hockey in England, Diva. And I was like, it's just a shame that the seasons don't really match up because I'd have to leave... Um, you know, opposite seasons and everything here. So, and he's like, "Oh, you should go and he's like, you should go and work a cricket season and then play a hockey, play a hockey season." And I was like, "Oh." And he's like, "Oh, I can tee you up with a contact at Durham because he played there for like eleven years back in the day." Um, yeah. So he sent me through the details and um, yeah, I just sent an email saying to the media marketing people, "Oh, if any work pops up." Like, I'd be keen to come over and do a stint. I'm looking at playing hockey over there, but it's all very, you know, just planning phase. And they wrote back, like, the next day saying, well, actually, our media manager has just left and we're about to go into a summer with our first ever Ashes test and we need someone. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> perfect. That's incredible. <laughs> incredible. So, yeah, obviously, didn't I kind of didn't expect it to happen so quickly, but... Um, it did. So then I ended up, um, Cricket Taz were fantastic. They, so it was obviously winter in Australia. So um, I missed a winter. I mean, a lot of people always say, oh, what are you doing in the off season anyway? There's always stuff to do, but obviously it's just not as busy. So they got someone on um, casually to sort of fill my role while I was away. 
Um, and then he ended up staying on when I came back. But yeah, I went to England for a season and it was it was probably one of the best things I've actually done in my life, I think. Um, I'd never been overseas yeah. at that time either. So really? um, the first time I'd sit on a plane overseas was to go over there by myself, not really know anyone. Um, but, I, you know, I had a good job, obviously. Um, but yeah, it was, I got to Durham, I think, so I think Geordie Shaw. <laughs> not quite, not quite Geordie Shaw, but I was living <laughs> in Newcastle. <laughs> I was living in Newcastle, so it was very, very far north up there. It's definitely not London, um, but the people there were great. And um, I remember when we got there, they were like, "Oh, we're really small." They, it was kind of, it's kind of like Tasmania, really. It's like a small county. Um, yep. They were like, "We've got a couple of decent players." Um, Paul Collingwood, you know, he's our captain. He obviously played for England. Um, we've got a couple of young guys. They're you know, going to be good, Ben Stokes and Mark Wood, <laughs> which is Just funny. Casually. When you think of those conversations now, you're like, oh, that's so funny. So, And then we ended up actually winning the – well, not I say we, like I was playing. The boys won the um, county championships year I was there. So the Div 1 county championships. So that was – That's amazing. It was incredible that, you know, um, a small county – um, with not much they weren't expected to do well and just the year I was over there they happened to win it and yeah they also we hosted the first ever Ashes test in northeast England which was crazy from a media point of view in terms of the work I was doing you know everyone in England wanted a some sort of interview about how the county was preparing for it and doing a lot of work with like the tourism boards and things like that so there was just yeah yeah it was a really professionally and personally it was a really rewarding time so I loved going to England um then came back to um Cricket Taz and worked for another three years um at Cricket Taz so I sort of progressed there from my digital media officer role to um being digital media marketing and um bit of media and comms as well and I was traveling media manager with the teams so yep. traveled um all throughout Big Bash so Big Bash I guess was the you know, that's the highlight of my time working in cricket. It's such a fun, fun, um, it's a cra- It's a crazy period. Like, you don't know what day it is. It's a bit like, it's a bit like at the moment, you don't know what day it is. You're just getting on planes and you, if you lose a game, they've got no time to think about the next game because, you know, it's 24, 48 hours later. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I love the Big Bash and I'm still like a massive fan of it. I'll sit down and watch every game of it <laughs> across the summer. Do you still go and for I the still, Hurricanes? Yeah, I still go for the Hurricanes. I have a soft spot, I think, for the Sixers as well, though, um, being yep. here in Sydney at the SCG. And um, my good friend Jodie Hawkins is the general manager there now. Um, so she's incredible. In, so in terms of women working in sport, like she's definitely someone that's um, inspiring to get to that, that level. We were, you know, we were media managers together and now she's running the show at the Sixers. So that's amazing. Um, so that's good. So yeah, I've got a little soft spot for the Sixers. Um, I try to keep in touch with, um, some of the Hurricanes guys. There's a few there that, um, was, sorry, there's a few there now that were still, um, that were there when I was there, but the chain, the team's changed so often. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I loved my time in cricket. So um, nothing but good memories from that. That's an incredible journey as well to be able to take that year out to go overseas mm. and like try something new. And the whole idea of the off season lining up so that you can do it, that <laughs> yeah. sort of thing is incredible. Because like coming from someone who focuses a lot on obviously footy, it's so insular because it's this is when the season is. No one else really does it. Like that's it. Yeah. Whereas you can 
try those things in cricket as much as it probably was the longest year of your life working back-to-back seasons yeah (laughs) well I did three in a row um so I didn't end up um playing hockey overseas because I ended up working and I so I just I I mean I probably would have had to give up my job at cricket tires if I stayed on there um I did actually get to so I went from doing a pre-season in Tassie um and went into no hockey for a while and then a few months later, I did another pre-season with a team over there. Um, went to Scotland and played um, with the team I was playing with um, and then played the first three games of the season as well. So had like a little taste of being part of a team and the hockey over there, which was good because it is a different style of game. And yep. um, I, I, that's probably one thing that I just uh, um, not regret, but I w- I'd still love to go back over and I'm, as I said, I'm probably beyond it now but go overseas and and play our actual full season with the the teams because I got that little taste when I was over there but I had to come back to work and I didn't I didn't really want to I'd worked pretty hard to get to where I was um at cricket there so I didn't want to go oh actually I'm just going to stay on and play a hockey season but can I have my job back next season so so yeah as you (laughs) said I did like three seasons in a row which was it was I went from like and it was it was a great period too I think I had like Sheffield Shield finals um Big Bash finals um and then into Durham where I did the Ashes and the boys won the championship there and then back the next summer I think the boys made another final the Tassie boys yeah so it was a successful back to back to back (laughs) season so it was definitely worth it Far out. Um, and had you been a cricket fan before that or was it kind of just the sport you fell into a little bit? Um, yeah, I had been a cricket fan. My dad's um, involved with cricket back in Tassie, um, just in the um, the club cricket scene. So he's been like president of a local club and that down there. And um, I always grew up watching it um, on TV. I'd always go over to Belrave and, and watch the games as a kid. I did play a little bit um, of like indoor cricket, but you know back then girls didn't play cricket. I think yep. it was quite interesting a few weeks ago with the World Cup final. I think I'd, I think I tweeted something like I was actually back home in Hobart because the Swans had a, a game down there, so I was actually watching yep. it with my dad, and it was pretty like it's pretty crazy thinking when I was a young girl like I you know you wouldn't even thought about girls and 80,000 people watching girls playing cricket like I didn't I couldn't even go and I'd have to go play in the boys team if I wanted to play um wasn't ever like I had you know if I really wanted to play cricket I, I probably would have pursued that but I had hockey and that was that was my chosen sport but yeah to have um to to have to sit there with dad and just see all those people watching it was was pretty crazy um because yeah cricket was big in our family growing up my brother played it as well um so it was just always something that was that was part of our family and then in terms of working in sport in Tassie it's sort of it there's you know there's no AFL team there's no A-League team we've obviously got our hockey teams which I've played for so um cricket's sort of it so it was good it was good to go down there and work and there's a lot of passion for Tasmanian sport and Tasmanian cricket you've probably seen like the I mean probably seen it from my own personal account but (laughs) (laughs) um there's the drive for the Tassie AFL team and everything but in terms of cricket you know, I was lucky to be there when Tassie won the Sheffield Shield a few times. And, you know, it was like an AFL team winning a grand final, really. There's a lot of state pride there. Um, yeah. And it was good to be part of it. Based on the book by Stephen King. There are two sides to the world. There's a good and then there's a deep well of darkness. 
comes the Amazon exclusive series, The Stand. There's better days ahead. You must make your stand. Watch The Stand now. New episodes weekly on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, that's incredible. And so then you made the jump across to footy. What was that? What What was the reasoning behind that? Um, I so I done yeah seven seasons in cricket, which it sounds so like I just can't believe I was there seven seasons. But you know they just they went so quickly. I guess looking back on it now, and I always had that appetite to work in football, especially in media and digital, and just I'd I'd see how AFL teams would do it and I, I loved footy as well grew up loving footy um you know again down in Tassie it's not like up here in Sydney it's very I guess rugby league so we have to work that bit harder with us the Swans and yeah. the Giants in terms of getting that footprint but down in Tassie it's like Victoria essentially like you know the, the local ovals are a footy um AFL grounds and stuff so um footy was a big part of our family growing up as well um so I just always wanted to work and I sort of see it as one of like obviously is one of the biggest sports in the country so you want to work in it and I could have just stayed on it Tassie cricket um but I guess I wasn't content with that I wanted to get out of Tassie and challenge myself a bit more like I didn't yeah. leave because I didn't not like my job anymore but I just thought I could do you know progress and do something else um so then I saw the job come up at the Swans and yeah, I applied and went through all that process and, and got it in 20, what year, 2017, yeah, 2017. So going into my fourth wow. season now, which is, see, that's crazy to me that I've been there, like going to force well. Hopefully the season comes back soon. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, for, for, yeah, fourth season this year. So, um, yeah, I'm, I love working in footy. It's, it is full on. Um, I feel like, especially with the, the fan element of, of fans, you you know, footy fans and working in social and you have that element. Cricket, you have it, but it's just not, people aren't as inv- like as highly invested as what they are in their, their footy teams. And I get that because I'm a footy fan. So, um, you know, I, I get that level of <laughs> fandom, so it's fine. So that was probably one thing I noticed the most. And also just um, the amount of, you know, our Swans media team is basically like a, a, a newsroom, you know, we have, yeah. well, obviously at the moment we've got skeleton staff, unfortunately, due to this corona um, virus, but, you know, you, usually our media team's eight people. So, you know, wow. for so for what I was doing at Cricket in terms of, you know, I was sort of doing websites, design, <clears throat> excuse me, um, videos, media management, like I was sort of doing a lot. Um, there's like four or five of us that does that. So we all get to sort of work on our areas of the swans but I think that's one thing um and a lot of people like I get people on Twitter and stuff reaching out and asking me about you know how I got into the job that I have and stuff like that and I think one tip that I often give them and I actually put on my LinkedIn last night especially now that there's only three of us working at the moment so I'm having to do a lot more um during these um coronavirus times but the timing cricket was really good like it was full-on because I was doing so many different things but you just have to learn to do all those things and you have all these yeah. skills and especially in like you would know with your podcasts and your websites and, and whatnot, just 
all the different skills that you can take into a media job these days is so highly valued, I think, in terms of social editing, marketing, media management, like dealing, like communication yep. skills, like dealing, I was like joking with you earlier that um, like one of the players was messaging me before, so I had to cancel our earlier call. Um, <laughs> I feel like at the moment I'm having like, like I'm like mother to these players because I'm constantly <laughs> just messaging them. And that, I mean, they've been great. We're obviously in different times at the moment. I don't, I'm not there with them to annoy them with the content that I want. So there's a lot of WhatsApp conversations going, um, but they've been really, they've been really great. But, um, but yeah, just like lots, so, so you need so many different skills in terms of just yeah. like, commu- like it sounds super like communication skills, you know, video editing, marketing, working across, you know, corporate sponsors and things like that. So I think all those those years so I did it cricket have put me in good stead probably for this this time that I'm currently in um that our club's facing at the moment hopefully it it ends sooner rather than later um for obviously Mm. the wider community because um you know that's first preference but then obviously we can get footy back once it's um once it's over also that yes no I totally know what you mean about the broad skill set idea because coming from a music background as well because I mean I've worked in music for eight nine years and then working for Siren being able to create graphics or being able to create short videos for social like all that stuff it seems so like negligent negligible but then when you are actually involved in something like oh wait it's really important that someone in our team can do this without having to outsource it all the time like oh we better learn those skills so coming into it from a music world like I very much understand what you mean when it comes to that sort of stuff so yeah it's I mean it's not hard to learn how to edit audio if I can do it anyone can do it let's just say that (laughs) well that's like I I mean I I'm no videographer I'm no graphic designer but I'm having to do I'm doing all those things at the moment. So that's just, it's just part of it. And um, I, f- I feel re- I f- like I'm so sad for people in my team that have been stood down um, yeah. and having to watch them them with me do all the graphics and stuff. They're probably like, oh no, <laughs> but hopefully I'm doing okay. <laughs> no, um, I think, that, haven't noticed the difference. I've oh, not noticed oh, the difference. That's, oh, say that louder then. No. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> and this is coming true. from someone that, is on Twitter yeah, constantly, as you probably know. <laughs> I apologise again. I feel like I need to apologise to you every time I do something. Anyway, no, not at uh, all. <laughs> so growing up, you said you were a footy fan. Did mm-hmm. you follow a specific uh, <laughs> AFL team? Yeah, I did. And I don't know whether I should say this because <laughs> I have a lot of Swans fans that follow me on Twitter, so I'm just going to not I go like into I that. I feel you're going to say. <laughs> But who the team that I that I like go for? Um, I it's funny because when I got the job at the Swans, everyone's like, "Oh, how are you gonna be?" And I'm like, "Oh, like I'll still go for X team." Like, but I'm so invested in the Swans now. It's it's really crazy. I'm st- I still go for my team because my dad brainwashed me from a a young age. Um, and you know you can't as a footy fan you would know you can't get that out of someone. But when no. you're like me, I'm literally working around at the club all the time I'm on you know I'm, I'm the voice of the Sydney Swans essentially so it, it's hard to not be emotionally invested as well and your working week depends on how happy a group of players and coaches and stuff are so if they keep winning then your life's a lot easier 
<laughs> yeah. I I feel like uh, I'm going to ask you afterwards off air okay, yeah. who that team is. And I think my father also goes for that team. Uh, I'm just going to say that okay. first of all. Yeah, I just, I mean, um, I, I would, but I don't, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'll probably, no, I, I'll share this on I, Twitter probably. And I mean, I think most people would probably know that I'm, I've, I've got a job at a footy club when I was, you know, 29 years old. So I'm, I would have had a team since I was a kid and it, you know, yeah. it could have been Sydney, but maybe it wasn't. So <laughs> I, I can definitely understand if it is the team I'm thinking, I can definitely understand why you don't want to share it. Okay. Um, it's not speaking... Hawthorne though, just for Swans oh, no, fans. I thought, I thought oh. that's who you were going to say. No. I 100% thought that's who no, you were going to say. No, it's not. I was going to say, it's not Hawthorne, Collingwood or West Coast. So um, in terms of the, all the Giants. So in terms of rivalries in the Swans, I think we're okay. So, okay, I th- yeah. okay. My second, yeah. I'm going to ask no, you my second choice later. Not <laughs> that makes me feel a bit better though. Um, <laughs> you mentioned your working week. Can you? I know we're going on a little bit here. Sorry for taking up so no, much of your time. Right. But um, what does kind of a general like outside of current times? Yeah. Um, what does a normal kind of working week look like for you? I'm really curious about just like the day to day operations. Yeah. So I guess in season we have a pretty um, steady um, content schedule so like our Monday to Saturday sorry Monday to Sunday and then depending when our games are played so as a Swans fan you'll probably see that we have certain content that gets rolled out like Monday Tuesday Wednesday so like Monday we always have John's press conference Tuesday will be an injury report Wednesday we read and white news Um, so they're just like small pieces obviously but they sort of bring the rest of the content together and it's also done around um, trainings as well so depending on when the game is then we have our um, one training and then the main training where there's a second press conference and generally there's you know we might there's so many different games so it could be Mangrook, so Indigenous round, could be a milestone game, could be... So there's generally some sort of theming for a week as well, which always helps with your content planning. Um, yeah. If there's not, you get creative. <laughs> there's always something... <laughs> well, like what we're doing at the moment, you're just getting creative with no football. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my week generally um, I'm just trying to, in terms of content, I'm, I'm trying to get as much content as we can out there in terms of footy content but then also some fun engaging content just to lighten things up a bit I think um yeah I was kind of lucky when I started at the Swans um they didn't we didn't really have like a social media voice we sort of had a couple of the guys just pushing the content out but we didn't really have like a big presence so I've been able to sort of mold that a bit which is is good and hopefully I'm finding that um balance between someone knows that there's a a person and a, a voice behind it but you know we're not we're not too like fun and quirky and crazy, yeah. but we're not super serious and boring as well. Cause I think, and that's something that all sports teams, I think try and get, like you look at a lot of teams in American sports and things like that. Um, we all sort of learn off each other. So uh, I've got, I've got sidetracked now. So what we were actually talking about our oh, content. Uh, yeah. So day to day. Yeah, yeah. Day to day. So um, I guess it all depends on, on what's happening on each on each day but I also do a lot of work across and that's something something that I really actually enjoy doing in terms of strategy and something which I think probably people that don't know much about working in social media probably don't get that we just don't sit around and click post all day like there's always a lot of strategy behind what we're doing um, especially yep. football clubs with corporate partners and things so um, I like to work alongside all of our corporate account managers and try and get the best, I guess, digital outcomes for all our partners. So 
that that's in terms of campaigns of content like various things so there's a lot that goes into that and often you know even if it's not a sponsored or a corporate post you try and take some of that into the creative execution of that you're doing with with things as well and um also with players you want to you want to form I feel like I'm in a good space with them um form good relationships where they feel comfortable that they know that I'm going to look, you know, look, look after them in a way. Um, and yeah. also do the best for their brand as well. Like I'm just trying to, that if, you know, if I, it's basically if the, if you help me, I'll help you type, type thing, yeah. um, which our team are very good. And we've got such a young group. Um, so they're all very social media. They're into their social <laughs> media, which um, we obviously have to educate our players on um, good practice with that. Um, and then some of our older guys are very well you know, adverse in how to market themselves. So someone like Lance Franklin or um, Josh Kennedy. So, um, so yeah, uh, that's in terms of, I guess, the strategy side of things as well. Um, so every day, every day is different. Like you can get that little bit of routine, but something might happen where you just have to act super quickly as well. Yeah. So you have to be ready to execute things. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of my head. Oh, I think, like one was like when we have player re-signings and things you we try and come up with ways you've probably seen like other teams and that do it come up with ways to announce things and often I, think, I do yeah. I do want to ask you about that actually okay. and I'm happy to not leave this in if you don't want it left in okay. um I've noticed that Sydney Sydney likes to uh announce things at really weird times <laughs> Yes. Is that <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I actually don't know how to answer that. Well, I was I, I was actually just about to say before you said that a lot of the time things just happen and like some you know it's not like we hold on to news a lot of the time. Like when it happens, we might have like an hour. Um, like for instance, with um, I'm trying to think of example, like re-signings and things like our football. Um, department might just come to us and say oh we've just got this we can announce or whatever and then next minute you might see like a journalist tweeting it and you're like oh okay we need to get this out there because if other people are talking about it then you know it needs to come from the official account so generally a lot of things not done on the fly um like if you if you think you know something's going to happen and you would have seen this a lot with the AFL in trade period and stuff all the the unused photoshops and things that get done like you have to prepare for those because they might just happen but um you know this year with Joe Danaher we you know we didn't know it might have happened it might not have happened so we were just like any fans really um so we had stuff ready to go if we needed it but we didn't need it in the end so um but yeah I always find that funny when you see the AFL's account at the um the end of trade period with all the the, the um, photoshops that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that must have been funny for you to watch mm. on other people kind of lose their minds over everything. Yeah, it's um, well, it's just everyone thinks they know things, I guess, and you know, like you read, you read. I mean, that got, doesn't just go for trade period; that goes for everything, and um, you yeah. know, the whole don't read the comments. You know, don't read the comments. I read the com- I actually don't mind reading the comments sometimes, though, because you can find some you can find some gold in there. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's that's the beauty of social media, isn't it? Everyone's got their right to to post. Sometimes, obviously, we don't agree with everything that people are saying, but um, yeah, that's what the comment section's for. So yeah, 
I, you have a much more level-headed view of it than I think I do, but um, that's because that's why you work in social <laughs> and I definitely do not. Well, I'm not. Um, I'm not always this same. So, <laughs> working at home helping or hurting? Um, I a bit of uh, I miss like the office environment, especially like at a football club. There's always so many things going on, um, and you know this time of year we. Generally, you know, we'd be playing football. Well, I wouldn't be playing football. The boys would be playing footy. So, you know, it was kind of weird a few weeks ago when, you know, you do so much work over the off-season and then that first – well, not even – it was our first home game rolls around and you're just sitting at home going, oh, tonight was supposed to be first home game yeah. in the SCG. There have been, you know, 35,000, 40 people there. And, um, but it's also it's, – it's great for me, I guess, that I still have my job. As I said, I feel very lucky – um, when a lot of people in the industry and other people have been stood down. Um, yeah. But it's also just really, I feel like, you know, me and um, Shane, who I work with, we have a really important job at the moment because we're, we're the connection between the players and the football club to, um, yeah, basically for our fans to them. So um, we're just trying to, we've, you know, done, We I talked about before, like our schedule, we've had to scrap that, you know, we've started yeah. afresh. We, we have a whole new content schedule that's basically like an isolation schedule. So, you know, player diaries, I've got Sam Reed reading stories to kids. Like it's just things that you've probably never seen before on channels, but the players are being really great. And, you know, when there's no footy content, um, we try and obviously the AFL and Fox are showing games and that. So we try and tap into those to get that footy content. But it's just, I think we're playing an important role at the moment in keeping everyone connected with the club and feeling like, you know, it's all is not lost. You know, we'll be back. Like, just keep yeah. just keep staying with us. And um, footy fans are passionate, as I was saying before. So, um, yes, it's a, it's not it's not a great time, but it's not a great time for anyone. Um, but um, in terms of footy fans, you know, there's that real thirst for content. So hopefully, we're providing it. But yeah, working from I... home, I'd probably prefer. A desk set up. Um, <laughs> I've got um, my housemate works at Channel Ten, so she's we've got a bit of a newsroom out in the living room. So she works at Ten Daily, Incredible. so she's typing away. She has the early shift, and and then I go out. Um, but but yeah, it's um it's definitely different, but getting a lot done still, as I said. So it's good that my brain's still ticking over, rather than yeah. sitting watching. Um, I don't know. Netflix or Stan or something. <laughs> something, something that'll melt your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say, um, receiving the push notification on my phone about the Will Gould on the oh, farm yeah. series, <laughs> I literally laughed so loud when I saw that. And I was actually record in a recording session when that happened and I had to stop recording because I lost <laughs> my mind. It was the best. So props <laughs> to you for that. Well, that's... I um. <laughs> I, I don't even know how that started, to be honest. I messaged, um, I messaged Will and said, um, I think he, I think I, someone said he was on your, on the farm. So I said, oh, look, if you want to send me some videos and that, we're doing some player diaries, so that'd be really good. And then he sent me like all this content and <laughs> I was like, this is insane. Like this kid hasn't even played a game yet. And he's like, it's like this whole farm documentary and people loved it. And I was like... I said to him, I was like, you realise you've got a regular thing now. And, like, I sent it to some of the other boys and they were like, oh, that's like, that's really good. And now they all want to be as good as that. So um, 
I think, and in James Rowbottoms, he made a little um, dig about not having any cows to look after or whatnot. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they're all missing each other as well. So they're probably actually, I've noticed that when we've gone live and stuff on Instagram, all the boys are going into that because they're not seeing each other as much either. They're obviously still doing Zoom meetings and stuff with the coaches, but um, yeah, the the content's different, but it's it's kind of nice as well, like just to... Not not nice. Obviously, this whole situation we're in is not great at all. But to be able to have this sort of blank canvas and go, okay, this is where all my ideas need to come in. Like, what can we do here? The yeah. players are basically up for anything. As I said, I've, we've got people with, like, telling us how baby cows are being delivered. Sam Reed's reading storybooks. <laughs> like, Josh Kennedy's working out with his little kid and you can do it along with him. And, yeah, so... If we're, if we're going to do isolation content, my motto is we're going to do it well. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So props to you for that. <laughs> um, I should let you be now. We've been chatting for a no, little while. No, that's all Thank right. You so As you can see, I'm for... probably on, I'm on your screen, but I've drifted. Just my phone's running <laughs> out of juice, so I've just had to plug it in. So this is well you're not filming this because I've just had to lean <laughs> to the right a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll, we'll just tell everyone about it, how we slowly drifted to yeah. the side. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, on Siren. This has been a great chat with you. I've been wanting to chat no with worries. you for a while. So thank you very much. And uh, we'll be back probably with another Siren interview next week because that's what we're doing right now. So cheers, Michelle, from the Sydney Swans. And we'll do a full profile of Michelle uh, in written format as well to go along with this. So thank you very much. Welcome to ACAST Recommends. Every week, we pick some of our favourite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. G'day, this is Tim Gilbert. And I'm Shane Lee. Together, we'll bring you the only podcast you'll need to get your daily dose of sport. With episodes out Monday to Friday afternoons, ready for you on your drive home. We've got a quick hit of sports headlines, keeping you up to date with the news you need to know. And we'll take a deep dive into the stuff you've always wanted to know. Cannot wait. Subscribe to Afternoon Sport coming soon. We'll see you then. ACAST is home to the biggest podcasts from Australia and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.